Welcome to What's Happening in 40K. Your daily dose of all things Warhammer 40,000. Each day, Monday through Friday, we explore the Warhammer 40,000 tournament scene. And bring you the latest news, updates, and opinions. So, whether you're a seasoned veteran or a newcomer to the hobby, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us as we delve into the world of 40K. Here's your host, Mufasa. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode. And today we are trying something a little bit different. We've got a bit of a public service announcement slash episode, which should become in handy to everyone that attends all our events, no matter whether they're new or old, because today we are talking about timekeeping at our events. And we're going to be using the story of one of our regular players as a method by which to go through some of our policies, explain why they are how they are, and to tell a few funny stories about how we got here. So, without further ado, I welcome to you one of our former slowest players, and now one of our promptest players, Kyle Grandy. Welcome back to the show. How you doing, Zach? Good to be on. Yeah, it's good to have you back. Um, obviously, we spoke to you last time more about Tau on our yeah. sort of series we're following the yeah, faction specialists with. So anyone that's interested in Tau can go listen to that. But today we're going to be talking about a, a sort of uh, your success story, if you like, about how we've gone from a situation where people generally in 40k didn't used to finish games and it wasn't really a problem because it was the norm to now that being the opposite and the policies and procedures we have in place at the UKTC to ensure that that happens for everyone and to ensure that everyone has a fun and fair weekend. So I'm going to start off with a little story about an event I went to once and we were all gathered around watching the award ceremony and the TO was announcing the awards and I was there as a player and um, I think I'd played a couple of games and I dropped out after I think round four so I wasn't expecting to win anything but I was there showing my support and uh, everyone was sort of clapping and some of the awards were being given out and we turned around and we realized that there were two people still playing the game they hadn't finished round five and those people were of course yourself and some other some other gentleman <laughs> so uh yeah that was basically the norm i don't we, we mentioned a little bit before uh we started recording about you know you and i have been being friends since before eighth edition since back in the day yeah. as people people say and people didn't often finish games you know we used to play six i think it was what was it five five turns yeah. and then you started rolling on six and seven to see if the game yeah it was that it was that dreaded roll where please don't roll to let the game go on and it goes on to round seven <laughs> and, then and then of course yeah people run out of time because they were playing yeah. thinking that their three hours would a lot would finish in round five and then they had two extra hours to play um and obviously no one was using clocks and all that sort of stuff so uh Kyle, i mean you've been around forever why don't you tell us a little you know back, back when you were playing sevens this happened all the time but give us one of the funnier times when this happened to you yeah, I mean, it was just one of those things where, like, you'd be playing a game, it'd be, you know, you spent ages doing your list, building your army, painting it and whatnot, and then you're all excited to go to the tournament, and then you're often finding that if the game ends on round five, then cool, uh, clocks weren't a thing, like you said, and then if it goes into round seven, you've not allocated time for random chance, <laughs> but then there'd be some really intricate roles that you needed to pull off a win. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> it was just one of those things where, like, um, I had to move my crisis suit to another unit, then shoot, and then do all these other things. And it was just, it, it just got to a point where there were so many other variables that could have gone. 
uh, either way, but those extra two turns potentially haven't allocated it as we do now in normal tournaments where we think, right, five rounds, we know it's going to be five rounds and bish, bash, bosh, so to speak. So it, it was definitely awkward because, you know, you can't really always factor in a random dice roll, can you? No, no, of course. And, you know, let's get on to the meat and bones of today's episode because we're going to be going through our policies document and I'll be giving a bit of context as to why our policies exist and Kyle will be telling us a little bit about, you know, how these policies have helped him go from a player who was struggling to finish his games to now routinely finishing on time every time. So uh, let's start off with our sort of subsection, which is called Timekeeping, Slow Play and Chess Clocks. And that introduces a bit of the context about uh, what we're going to be talking about today. So First sentence in here is each round in the tournament consists of a game in which five battle rounds should be played. And this very much builds on what we were just discussing. The important thing here, I think, and not many people sort of think about, they think, oh, I'm just playing a game, is the game is balanced around five turns. Everyone that's looked at the missions knows that, you know, some some are scored, you know, as the game's going on, like banners or whatever, some are scored at the end of the game. Primaries obviously scored each turn. So, like, this seems clear, and yet, people are not always finishing the five battle rounds. So uh, that's very much, from my side of things, the most important part is a game is a five-round game. And if you're not playing five rounds, then something's gone wrong. And that's sort of where our policies come into play because our policies are there to help people get to five rounds. And if they don't get to five rounds to help a fair outcome still be arrived at. Now, um, Kyle, can you remember the last time you didn't get to five rounds? Because I remember, I think it was about two years ago where uh, you know you and I sort of had a little chat and we were like, all right, Kyle, we've got to make sure we get to five rounds each time. So mm. you haven't had any issues since then. I don't remember talking to you since uh, since that time. Since that time, no. Um, yeah, I think what I did, the kind of methodology that I just kind of went away uh, and thought to myself, right, I need to make sure that five rounds are played, but I need to make sure that I'm getting the things done that I need to do within this you know, three or an hour and a half, if you will. So all I did was basically practice with a chess clock every single time on every single practice game, no matter whether it was a tournament or not, get into um, a behavior, make it just as important as a tape measure or your army. Um, And I think the one thing that really stuck with me and I think sticks with a lot of top players is that if you don't have a clock and you say, for example, need to take 20 minutes on your deployment because it's important and crucial, then that might cause a little bit of an issue for your opponent watching you take 20 minutes but if you had a clock and you were using 20 minutes of your time essentially there is no issue because your time is for you to allocate how you see fit so I think for me that is the most important kind of lesson or advice I'd give to anyone your time is your time use it as you see fit because my army takes a lot of time in the first say um deployment in turn one for positioning and then the rest of it is between turns three and four the return five usually just takes about a couple of minutes because my, my arm is either dead or they're completely wiped out. So it's allocating um, the time as you see fit. Yeah, and chess clocks is something that we're going to go to in a second. But yeah, this whole thing of like making sure that you use the time when you need it and not wasting yeah. it when you don't need it is something we're going to talk a little bit about further on. But you know, next part of our, of our policies is that talking out games is not allowed. And this is basically not to incentivize people fin- on not finishing games and then being able to talk in inverted commas, um, through the rest of the game. So this is not a game that's finished naturally. This is a game that's finished unnaturally. You haven't been rolling dice. You haven't been playing properly. And the reason this is forbidden is because it allows for potentially shady behavior. People could apply pressure to talk out a game when the other person doesn't want to. Uh, It's in favor of more big and forceful characters rather than, you know, a lot of our attendees, you know, they're not 
super confident about talking to a stranger about that they've just met about what might happen in two more turns of time. So this is really there to make sure that everyone feels comfortable in finishing their games and no one feels pressured into doing something that they might not otherwise be wanting to do. And uh, then our last point on our opening section of this policy is very much what you just spoke about there, Kyle, which is if you cannot finish games of any lot of time, you should practice because if you don't practice finishing in three hours, you know, lots of people play at their local club or a gaming store where maybe there's four hours or five hours in a round, you know, they're used to taking their time, having a good time, which is all great. You know, everyone, everyone likes to have a chilled time, but at tournaments, we have to keep the schedule, right? So people need to practice that. So very much a case of, you know, practice as you mean to go forwards and, and, Carl, you've been a perfect example about how that has been implemented well. So congratulations. Now, um, we move on to the next bit, which is basically talking about what slope it is. And uh, slope we, we interpret in two ways. It's either a behavior in which one person is trying to slow down a game, or it is the description of the game itself. So a game that does not finish on time is a slow-played game, and people that behave in a manner that's, that results in games not finishing um, are considered to be slow players. And uh, the way we monitor this at um, the LGT and UKTC events is, is part of our sportsmanship. So we use sportsmanship as a way to monitor lots of different things throughout the events. And people can report whether they use a chess clock, what round their game finished on, if it finished naturally or not. So, for example, your game might get to turn three, but it finished naturally because you were tabled and you didn't use a chess clock because it was round one and you didn't feel like you needed to. Um, or you could have got to round five, your game finished naturally. And uh, you did use a chess clock. So we monitor all that through our sportsmanship forms, which is why I always make a point of making sure that people are reporting uh, via those QR codes. But uh, if we get onto the situations where slow play is occurring, so a uh, player is not finishing their games regularly, and we can monitor this because people are reporting, hey, I didn't finish two of my games, um, or two people were consecutively reported that, we go to look at who their opponents were, same guys popped up a couple of times. What's going on? And obviously, Kyle, this is how we first this is how we first got onto this conversation because mm. you're a very recognizable character. So and I've known you for a long time. So over the last five or six years, your your recognizable and beautiful face was popping up all the time, was still rolling dice towards the end of a round. And this is how we became aware that perhaps you needed some helping hands to finish. So um this is something that we monitor closely, and uh that's the main sort of point about it is that setting expectations we do expect games to finish monitoring when they're not because it's not always intentional people are just like i said not practiced at finishing and then what can we do to help them finish and that is going to be the meat and bones of this episode so i told you we talk about chess clocks and we've got there eventually so chess clocks are mandatory at our events for people who are undefeated on day two but we suggest that people use them unless both players agree not to, and that's to take away the stigma of one player wanting to and one player not to. So they're sort of in use by default, but they're not absolutely compulsory unless you're making it to top rounds. So Kyle, like, what's your perspective on using a chess clock? You use one in all your games, and you seem to I, be um, Yeah. Now, I, I use one, um, I, I would love to say in every single game, but sometimes, you know... Um, you, you choose not to, uh, through whether it be at your own detriment um, or uh, you just do it because you've either played the person before, you know their game style, you know how it's going to be quick. But for me, I think it's just a matter of just being fair and consistent. Um, nothing to do with your opponent. It's being fair and consistent on yourself. Uh, to say, look, this is the time I'm going to make sure I play this game to its full. Um, and um, that's my commitment to the, the game um, between me and my opponent. I also see it as a way to just 
make me focus on the actual game rather than just, you know, oh, should we go and have a beer? Should we go and have a chit-chat? Oh, my God, we've actually talked too much. We've not actually been playing the game. And I think that was one of my earlier problems sometimes. I'm a bit too chatty and I forgot that we actually only have three hours to play quite a complex game. So it's kind of, you know, putting all that into perspective of, okay, I usually set the chess clock at like, say, one minute to 20 on each player. So we've got 20 minutes between ourselves just to chat, get to know each other, get a drink, talk about army lists. And then as soon as it's, um, you know, roll off time, boom, we click the clock and it's consistent and fair. Um, so my perspective is that, you know, for me, um, very rarely will I not use one because I want to be consistent and fair. That's a brilliant point there. And the whole thing about setting it at 1 minute 20, this gives you both 20 minutes to chit-chat, have fun, have a laugh, and not yeah. have this pressure that you're not going to finish in time, which really gets to the point of um, how we recommend chess clocks are used in terms of our policies in the UKTC. So we, we say the chess clock does not take precedent over the official end time of a round, and that we recommend players start with 125 on the clock. So you, you start with 120, we say 25, that gives 10 minutes for chit-chat, but obviously various player to player so the idea here is that it's about fair allocation of resources in this case it's not we're not talking about allocation of points which is the other resource that most people are familiar with in 40k but we're talking about time as a resource it's about fair allocation of time with enough time to also have a laugh and keep the event as sociable as possible because that's super important we don't want people to feel rushed so uh, the clock doesn't take precedent over the end of the round time, which is why I recommend starting it with a little bit of leeway. Um, obviously, clocks can be paused, and in our events, we say that the only person that can pause the clock is the referee. And this is basically to avoid a problem, which we're about to get onto, which is where the clock shows remaining time, and yet the TO has called end on the round. And this typically happens for a couple of reasons. Either the clock's been started with too much time on it, or the clock has been paused. And uh, we have a bunch of policies about how to deal with this. And typically what it is, is when the hour remaining is called, the TO will go around and he will deduct time from any clocks where the sum total of the time remaining on that clock is in excess of night of 60 minutes. And uh, this is not the round ending sooner than it should be. This is typically just the players mismanaging the clock, either by setting up too much time to begin with or pausing it, which is not allowed. So the TO is the only person that can pause the clock, and if your clock is running over, the TO will deduct the time. But, Kyle, you said you start your clock with 1 minute 20. So mm. presumably, if you're both playing fast and you've had a couple of beers but you've not used your full 20 minutes of time, sometimes the clock runs out and yet there's still time left in the round. Now, we wouldn't yeah. want that to go to waste. So in those situations, we have a separate policy where players can work out how much time is remaining in the round. So it's five minutes and give each other you know, two and a half minutes extra. And one of the things I, I think is useful about clocks is they, they make sure that things are fair. But so say you've probably been in a situation a bunch of times, Kyle, where either you mm. or your opponent run out of time, but there's plenty of time left in the round. And your opponent's just said, don't worry, bro, we're definitely going to finish. Yeah. Why, don't you, why don't you use 20 minutes of my time? And... Um, I think that is, you know, part of what makes 40k so special is the clock is there to make sure that the games happen fairly, but in many instances, sportsmanship comes above being 100% fair down the line. And I'm sure this has happened to you many times. Yeah, it has. And I, I think it's a beautiful thing in the community where, you know, you, you see the likes of um, people that have done like 
she would just say acts of valor and be like no you can use my time don't worry about it i want this game to finish its conclusion i'm really enjoying the game which is which is amazing to see but i am quite a process driven person so <laughs> i do think over the last couple of years that's become more prominent in just not all uh, not just 40k but my own life just process 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 and i think that if everyone was using the clock fairly then that wouldn't have to be a thing um so I'm kind of split between this acts of you know kindness and saying using my time, which is great to do, but also I think at the end of the day we are living in a in a game where it's just constantly about rules and everything being fair. And you put it perfectly; it's a, a resource, isn't it? Time is a valuable resource in this game. Um, a couple of times that I've had situations where it's gone maybe a bit wrong was um, one of the, I think the very first LGTs, the one that shall not be named, and a guy took 120 blade bearers, um, and it was just one of those ones where we didn't finish the round until, it, well, he finished in his turn three. So because I hadn't at the clock, I essentially got cheated out of my other turns. So it definitely leaves a bad taste and it leaves a bad atmosphere between players and i think that's that's what i like about the clock is if it's done fairly and consistently it removes that kind of quarrel or that bad feeling and i think in this game you you want to have fun you're spending a lot of money to travel um you know the ticket itself the army you want to be able to have a great weekend and with no salty um you know, feelings towards any particular opponent or a game so I think that for me is the, the the key point that I really like about you know that fairness of time and allocation. Yeah, and you realise a really good point there, which is, you know, people used to have these things happen all the time. Not so much at our events because we've always tried to be on time as mm. much as possible, and you know that's really something we pride ourselves on. Is that I don't think we've ever had a round start late in the last two years. We've been on time for every single round, every single mm. event. So, but the main thing is, is these things did used to happen, and each one of our policies has been inputted to our policies and procedures document specifically to counter an issue that we know has existed at least once in the past. Because when something comes up at an event and we haven't got a solution that we can refer to from our pack. We always make sure that it's in there before the next event. So our policies and procedures document is definitely a, a document that anyone that's regular at our events should take a look through. And it will detail basically how we run events. Um, so if you're a budding TO and you want to know how to run an event to our sort of caliber, you can take a look through this document because it really does have a comprehensive solution for everything, including time management so hopefully it's been useful to some of you to hear a bit of an explanation about why these things exist um they they're not in there arbitrarily they're all there for a reason and primarily they're there to protect people from negative play experiences um while still enabling people to be generous and uh, more relaxed at the table if they so choose but feel under no pressure to do so. So thank you very much for listening. We're planning on doing a couple more of these episodes as and when required to help explain and give some more context to how our events are run. And of course, anyone that's been to our events knows we are massive on feedback. So if you do have any feedback on these policies, please send us an email at warhammertournaments at gmail.com. And we are always reviewing these policies to make sure they are as appropriate and as effective as possible at all our events. So Kyle, thank you very much for joining us on the show. And if people want to listen to you some more talking about clocks and all things Tau, where can they check you out? Basically, uh, Instagram is a pure type program, and I've got a link to my Discord, and that's where it mainly uh, happens. Um, so you're going to be seeing a lot more of me on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, and obviously um, the hive of activity goes on in my Discord. But that's where you can find me for the greater good. For the greater good, um, on time, yeah. on schedule. <laughs> Thanks very much, Kyle. I appreciate your time. 
Thank you for tuning in to What's Happening in 40K. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We'd also really appreciate it if you'd help us spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform and recommending us to all your gaming buddies. And, of course, don't forget to subscribe for more great content from What's Happening in 40K. We'll be back next time with even more news, updates, and opinions from the world of Warhammer 40,000. Until next time, thanks for listening.